0: Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a backyard staycation, Macy's has what you need. I'm going to throw out some brands for you here.
1: Nina Parker, Vince Camuto, Dolce Vita, Levi's, Lacoste,
0: I could go on. Shop summer's must-haves, summer dresses, match sets. I love a match set. Love a match set. Yeah, I know. Volume sleeve tops. What? Give it some volume. Espadrilles, wedges, straw, crafted bags, and so much more. Shop at macy's.com slash Style. If you love tequila cocktails, then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila that is
1: infused with the juice of real fruit. So it's smooth, it's not sweet, it smells fresh and bright, and it tastes incredible.
0: 21 Seeds makes the most delicious and easy margaritas and cocktails so you can focus on the fun, like game night with your besties. With 21 Seeds, you only need two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York.
1: I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you.
0: Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind the scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Good morning, office ladies! I see what you're doing there. You see what I'm doing. You're tipping your hat a little to this episode, which is...
1: Dwight's Speech, Season 2, Episode 17, written by Paul Lieberstein and directed by... Action! Charles Charles McDougall. Wow, I've blown up my voice already.
0: (laughs) Someone driving right now is like, that's not the only thing you blew out.
1: I know, like three (laughs) sentences in. Thanks,
0: I was driving when you were like, good morning,
1: office ladies. All right, I'll tone it down.
0: Look, I'll get real,
1: I'm going to NPR it now. Oh. NPR voice. I'm going to do my summary, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it real gentle. Like that? Yeah.
0: NPR voice? Yeah. Hi, welcome to Office Ladies. I'm Angela Kinsey.
1: I'm Jenna Fisher. We're best friends, and we're breaking down an episode of Dwight's Speech from The Office. Here's a summary. All right, I'll stop it now. (laughs) Dwight is named Salesperson of the Year. It's a big honor. It's a huge honor. Yeah. And as a result, he has to give a speech in front of a 1,000 people. And he's really nervous. So he goes to Michael for advice. Then he goes to Jim for advice. Eventually, he goes to the conference. But meanwhile, Pam is doing wedding prep. At work. Ooh, in front Jim. of Jim.
0: Oh, Jim.
1: So he decides it's time for a vacation.
0: A vacay. Also, there is a thermostat war going on. Yes. Yes. Thermostat war. Now, I had told some of our writers about the thermostat war that because we had. Because you had one. We had one at one 800 that, that resulted in a lockbox over the thermostat oh, dear. with a key.
1: It got serious.
0: It got serious. Um... So, I have What no were idea. you?
1: Were you a colder or a hotter? I was a
0: uh, Jenna. I mean, for I,
1: our I, listeners who might I, not know that you're wearing a puffy coat as we record this I, podcast. Right now, I have a— Guys, t- literally, she's wearing a puffy yeah, coat. That's I, not a joke.
0: I have a T-shirt on, a sweatshirt with a hoodie, and then I have an enormous puffer over that. Yeah. I also own a sweatshirt that says, always cold. Yeah. It was a gift to me. I didn't even buy it for myself. People know you. People know me. No, I was always cold. And for whatever reason, where I sat on the phones is where all the air went, like our wing. And the guys in the IT department, no air went to them. So they were like the sweatiest. They were always annoyed. (laughs) They would come over really sweaty and like shove the thermostat down. And then (laughs) they'd walk away. We'd get cold and we'd crank it back up. Wow. They hated our corner. The IT guys hated our corner.
1: Fast fact number one, we had a lot of questions about the convention center, the convention itself, a lot of curiosity. For example, fan question from Mary Ann Lodens and Grace D and Mel Asako, where was the speech filmed? And then Sue Potts asked, did we hire a bunch of extras or did we just use existing hotel people? Well, I reached out to our line producer, Kent Zabornak. Mm-hmm. So a line producer is the person who gets the script and figures out all of the practical stuff that you need to do to make an episode happen. So whereas Greg Daniels is in charge of all the creative aspects of an episode, Kent Zabornak would be in charge of the practicals.
0: And the logistics. How yes. do I get people there? Where are we filming? What does it cost? Yes. How do we make this work with our budget? All of that kind of stuff. Yes.
1: For example, he would be a person who would give Phil Shea a budget for 13 fitness orbs. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, here's your fitness orb budget. So he's in charge of all those numbers and things. He said that we filmed for only one day at the Universal Studios Sheridan Hotel. Now, I had written in my blog a while ago that we had 500 extras. But Kent said we did not have 500 extras. We had 400, 400 extras. Yes. And 100 dummies. Bodies? Yes.
0: Fake bodies.
1: Torsos with no arms and legs, dressed up in suits. Yeah. And five dummy wranglers, people who carried them around the room and put them in different places depending on the shots.
0: I mean that is crazy town. That is crazy town. <laughs> I did have in my notes that we had about 400 extras, and it's the most extras we had ever had.
1: Yes, this is true. So Kent said that the dummies were mostly in the back and on the sides. Yes, he said if you pause and look, you can find them. But I went frame by frame, and I could not find any.
0: They you know, the room was. I mean, really, I really looked. Yeah, so there were there were only three cast members. That went to the convention, and it was, you know, Rain, obviously, Dwight's speech, and then Michael, and myself. Mm-hmm. The room was actually really big, and if my memory serves, they, they had the dummies sort of way towards the back, so it just looked like the room was filled all the way to the back. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't think that you could catch it. I think that'd be pretty hard.
1: He mentioned that Charles McDougall was really worried that you were going to see these dummies. Yeah. And so the Wranglers really moved them around a lot.
0: The dummy Wranglers.
1: The dummy Wranglers. What's interesting (laughs) to me- Is that our book? The
0: dummy dummy
1: Wranglers. (laughs) No, that's Kent Sabornat's book about (laughs) dealing with us. Yeah,
0: (laughs) There were a lot of extras. There were, it was the most I'd ever seen. We had never really had to um, provide lunch for that many people. Like I remember when it came time for lunch, like the catering- was way it was like sergio plus all these other extra guys Mm -hmm. that was our catering company so it was kind of interesting to see how we managed that many people and i i was glad we only had to do it for one day
1: he said that we did 47 camera setups in a 12-hour shoot day now let me break that down for you guys when you do scenes You might do like one scene at reception, but it's three or four different camera setups. So you'll do what usually like four to seven takes per camera setup Mm -hmm. because, you know, and then you move the cameras and you do it again. But that blew my mind. He said that we started at 7 a.m., wrapped around 7.30, and managed to shoot seven and four-eighths pages, which I guess is a fancy way to say seven and a half. Okay. Fast fact number two... Rain Wilson was very sick for this episode.
0: Very, very sick.
1: So we just explained to you everything that went into planning this workday.
0: Guess had what to, happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. We had to. They
1: had it all scheduled, and then they had to cancel it and reschedule it for a
0: different day not by just, a week. Not just cancel it like a few days ahead. Basically, Rain was sick the beginning of the episode, and then. The day this was scheduled, if if I remember, it was sort of like on a Wednesday or Thursday. We'd already done some um, office scenes in the bullpen, and we were going later. I think it was a Wednesday.
1: Yeah. I reached out to Kent about this as well, and he said he always liked to put these location shoots on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yes. And—
0: Go ahead. That's what I remember, too. It was like a Wednesday. But we'd already been filming in the bullpen Monday, Tuesday, like the main office building. And I remember we only had the hotel for one day. It was a big deal because they had to reserve this room and everything. Yes. And then we had all the extras hired and everything. I woke up Wednesday morning, and I got a call um, from our second AD, and they said, Angela, the hotel's been canceled. Rain is too sick. He's too sick. Like his doctor said, you cannot go. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so they were sort of scrambling now to figure out what Wednesday was going to look like. Well, I got
1: a call at home. Jenna. The hotel has been canceled. You need to come into work. We're going to be shooting back in the office now. Yeah, so I, I got the day off and I was suddenly had to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, well I I actually called Rain about it and he said that it is the only time in 10 years of working on the office that he was not able to come to work for a day. But he had a fever over 102. He said a doctor came and said you cannot go to work.
0: Rain has a fantastic work ethic and I don't doubt that. For him to miss he was very ill. Well, we had a fan
1: question from Chris Bodnar, who kind of clocked it. He said, was Rain Wilson sick during this episode? Because his voice sounds like he might have a cold. And Rain said, actually, the, the voice thing is because he was screaming during the speech. And he kind of blew out his voice.
0: But you can actually hear in the conference room, before we ever move to the hotel.
1: You he, can tell he, he's coming I down I could with really it. I
0: can really tell. I heard his voice in the conference room. That's before we went to the hotel. And he sounded legit sick. So I agree with you, Chris. I wonder
1: if he got a phone call from Greg Daniels telling him it was his finest performance (laughs) because he's really good in this episode.
0: He's really, really good in this episode. But yeah, I mean, the other thing too, you should know is that Rain really didn't want to miss work because he knew- How much went into that day, the extras, the hotel, the location shoot. So I think he was- The dummy wranglers. The dummy wranglers. I think he was really trying to power it out, and then his body just couldn't. Yeah.
1: All right. Fast fact number three. This was a little bit of trivia that I found on Dunderpedia. Dunderpedia guys is the wikipedia of the office. <laughs> it's it's great. just all office facts. It's great. And I found this charming. So this episode aired in the United States on March 2nd in 2006. However, in Canada, it aired the day before. Oh. It aired a day early and this was due to a scheduling conflict with the season finale of Skating with Celebrities. Oh. So in the United States, we aired on NBC, and Skating with Celebrities aired on Fox. But in Canada, they both aired on the same network, this global television network. And the finale of Skating with Celebrities was at the same time as this episode, so they had to air us one day early. So everyone in Canada got to see this one day early.
0: Well, how about that? Yeah. Who was on Skating with Celebrities? It only ran for one season. Did people get injured?
1: I don't remember a bunch of injuries, but I weirdly remember the show. You, I don't I don't. It only remember. went for one season, so it wasn't a I, hit, I, I guess is
0: what you could say. I'm kind of like— It
1: wasn't—it didn't take off? Okay, so here, I'll give you the cast of Skating with Celebrities. I'm really curious. They matched a celebrity with a pro skating partner. So Christy Swanson, Jillian Barbary, Bruce Jenner, Dave Coulier— Debbie Gibson, and Todd Bridges. Christy Swanson won. Hey! She defeated Jillian Barbary and her partner to win the show's first and only championship. Wow. Yeah. Oh, here's something interesting. The very next day, it was announced that it was canceled. Oh, no! Yeah. So it's like, I won! Canceled. Canceled. I want bowling with celebrities. I'd do it. I would do it. You know, I got four <laughs> strikes in a row the other day angela I got like what is that that's more than a turkey
0: I don't I just like the idea of like uh some kind of reality championship where I can have beer and like a slice of pizza while doing my activity bowling with celebrities bowling with celebrities
1: what's Here, that thing where you throw
0: bean bags into a hole in your backyard cornhole, cornhole. I so, love cornhole. cornhole with celebrities cornhole with I already do that all the time I mean I'm not I'm sort of you know, not major celebrity, but. Is cornhole also a phrase for something dirty? Probably. Is it has to do with your butt, maybe, Sam? be we a you you don't, you don't have to look to me for every. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is also, that a reference for your butt thing. hole? Yes, it is. So maybe no cornhole with celebrities.
0: I, it's still really fun. I mean. Which part? <laughs> but here's the thing here's my bowling strategy. Right? I can't
1: wait here's, to hear it. Don't cut this.
0: Every time Uh I I walk up and I just try to line up with that little center triangle. The arrow? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I try to look at that and then I roll it down. The ball goes super slow. Okay. Because I I usually bowl with like a 10-pound ball. I'm like going fighting the kids for their balls. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And the ball goes super slow, super slow. And then I get like a strike, but it's like, it takes like five minutes. It's like dunk, dunk, dunk. And then I think because the ball's going so slow, I, I usually there's like one or two left. I come really close to getting a strike, so that that's how I bowl. Don't stop talking about it, Angela. Keep telling me yeah, more details. I don't. I either do that <laughs> or I just get a gutter ball. Well,
1: I would have pegged. So it's interesting to me. I will say now. I'm very interested. It's very interesting to me that you take the time to line it up and you do the thing. You know, you go for the arrow because I might have pegged you as a person. Willy-nilly? Not willy-nilly, but where you're like, I'm going to just chunk it. I'm going (laughs) to chunk it real hard. Did you say chunk it? I did it for you so you'd understand what I meant. Oh, shut up. You
0: shut up. It's time for a break. So if anyone is still wanting to listen, we're going to get into the episode. There's some really good stuff. I have a lot of fun things to say. I do too.
1: And it's not even going to be about bowling.
0: Might be. Might
1: be. All right. We'll see you after the break. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go
0: there for lunch to warm up. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm loving Hungry Root. Oh my gosh, yes, Jenna, we're loving Hungry Root too. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, kids' snacks and meals— And vitamins and supplements. Well, I
1: took the quiz over on Hungry Root, and oh my gosh, they nailed it. One of the things that I really wanted was I wanted a salmon dish that was quick and easy. I said I wanted to cook food in less than 12 minutes. I was very ambitious. This was one of the choices. And they sent me a miso salmon that, oh my goodness, it blew my mind. And it was easy. It was maybe five ingredients so tasty, so fresh.
0: I loved it. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Office Ladies listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Office Ladies to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Office Ladies. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you.
1: When you travel, do you ever think like, oh no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe Home Security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the US News and World Report. And Newsweek ranked it best customer service in home security.
0: Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space. You know? I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit SimplySafe.com/slash office ladies. That's simplysafe.com. Slash Office Ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
1: Let's get started with this episode. Let's do it. We have a cold open. Michael and Dwight are throwing a football while they discuss some (sighs) dilemma at corporate. It's not important. I don't think it doesn't even mean anything.
0: I will never forget this cold open. Oh, boy. Do you want to know why? Tell. Okay, so Jim steals the ball. He tosses it to Phyllis. Yep. Phyllis tosses it to Creed. Dwight runs over in only the way that Rain Wilson would do. Rain is he goes full out, guys. Yeah. If the script says tackle, shove, you're gonna go flying. Yeah. Because Rain is Dwight is like all in. So like he tackles Ryan to the ground. Yep. He shoves the heck out of Creed. And then he runs towards Leslie David Baker. Yeah. Who is standing by accounting? Okay. What you cannot see oh, no. is there is a petite blonde person standing behind him. Oh. Mm hmm. Rain runs at Leslie and, like, Heisman's him basically. Yeah. Really gives him the stiff arm shove. Leslie was not expecting it.
1: Oh, dear. It wasn't
0: really in the script that he was going to shove Leslie.
1: We had a stunt coordinator that day. We planned this out like super
0: duper. Let me tell you something. Leslie was not ready for that shove. Okay. I think maybe, maybe with the stunt guy, he got a brisk <laughs> little like tap or something. <laughs> uh huh. But Rain came at him full throttle and like shoved him. Leslie went flying. He lost. You can his,
1: see it in the episode.
0: He lost his balance completely. He went almost butt overhead. Do okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was someone directly behind him. Tiny blonde. A tiny blonde person. <laughs> so when Leslie lost his balance, he started steamrolling back and I was under that. Wow. hmm I was under that.
1: Well, it's crazy because I remember that we practiced that forever. And I kind of remember it because all I do is sit at the reception desk and, watch. and I had thought to myself, did I need to be here for the 2 hours? That's what rehearsal? I
0: thought. I, that's what I thought. My they said, you know, definitely they didn't want me seated at my desk. They wanted me to come out a little bit to the edge of accounting. Sometimes they would have us do that. If there's a scene in the main office bullpen and they want to get reaction shots of everyone, mm-hmm. they would kind of have Kevin and my character come out
1: So they could see you better. So they could
0: see us better. Of course. And so they had us come out, but Leslie did not think he was going to fall. He did not fall in any of the rehearsals. He wasn't shoved that hard.
1: Yeah, well, he wasn't being shoved by Rain
0: Wilson yet. No, he wasn't. So Leslie went flying and collided into me and then rolled (laughs) backwards on top of me. And... After the take, everyone was like, oh, my God, Creed, are you okay? Creed. And then they were like, oh, BJ, are you okay? And then they're like, oh, my God, Leslie. Because Leslie really went down hard. They're like, Leslie, are you okay? They pulled Leslie up. And Oscar goes, oh, my God, Angela? <laughs> Oscar was like the only person that saw me. I was like, yeah. Uh. And then I don't know if you notice, but all of this happens at one minute. If you look at the time code. Okay. Now go to one minute, five seconds. What's- Leslie is no longer there. Oh, like he was taking, did he only do the first take? I don't know, Jenna, how it went down, but I think he got knocked down and then got up and was like, nope. Well, I don't know if you notice
1: at 20 seconds when Michael tosses the ball and he knocks over Jim's stuff on mm-hmm. his desk, it all kinds of falls forward onto this pile of boxes that's in front of Dwight's desk If you look at 42 seconds, Michael tosses the ball to Oscar and all those boxes are missing. They were cleared and not returned. Oh, look at us. Little continuity catch. Little
0: little catches there in the background. I
1: did want to throw out to Rihanna Royer, who had written in to ask if the football toss was planned. And so we answered that question, but I do thank you for writing in.
0: Yes. No, that was all planned. Although Leslie's That part wasn't planned. Angela's
1: getting squashed was not planned. (laughs) All right, so now we move on. Dwight is sitting at his desk, and he is talking about, oh, a sale on TiVo. He's going to buy something special for himself because he
0: is salesperson of the year. Hold up. This is an old tech alert, though. TiVo. TiVo. He talks about a CD burner. We also find out that Jim came in ninth place. Ninth. All he's getting is Kajino's pizza. Yeah. But you guys... Do any of you have TiVos? Did you have a TiVo? I had a TiVo. Yeah. Okay, young people. TiVo was like a VCR. It was like a the, one of the very first digital video recordings where you could record your show.
1: Yeah, it's the same as what you have now on your DirecTV or your cable. But we didn't cable. have that. We didn't have you that. Had you no had to way. hook it into your cable box.
0: These were the days where like if you had a VHS player, you could record one of your shows. But like this changed it because it digitally recorded things and you could like plan out your records. You didn't have to like run home and hit the record button.
1: I feel like this is like my mom trying to tell me about what life was like without a microwave. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, like, I don't care. I just want to heat this up some was, soup.
0: TiVo ch- was a game changer. It I was, was. I was so excited to have TiVo. There was one moment in February of 2004 that TiVo had the most watch recorded and replayed moment in TiVo history.
1: What was it?
0: It was Janet Jackson's Super Bowl <gasps> halftime with incident. Justin Timberlake. The little the boob where slip. her boob came out. Yes, that was the most watched recorded and replayed moment in TiVo history. The folks at TiVo said the audience reaction charts looked like an electrocardiogram. Oh my! I was God. like, I mean, that is crazy. That'll
1: crosser. So, you know when Jim says he just wins a Cugino's pizza? Yes. This is the second time Jim has mentioned Cugino's. He also brought it up in a deleted scene from The Client where he says his worst first date took place at Cugino's Pizza. This is a real Italian restaurant. It is in Dunmore, right outside of Scranton. It's actually at 107 East Drinker Street in Dunmore. They do serve pizza, But I could not find a website for them or an online menu. But guys, it's a little family-owned business, Cucino's Pizza.
0: Put it on your The Office Tour, because when I was uh, looking up stuff for this episode, I found these websites that you can do sort of like a little travel vacation where you hit all the stops of The Office. Yeah.
1: So go get some pizza at Cucino's.
0: Guys, I want to present to you, at 2 minutes 31 seconds, a complete tongue twister. Okay, ready? Yeah. I want you guys, Sam, wake up in there. I want you guys <laughs> to try to say this 10 times fast. Okay, ready? Yeah. It is literally the highest possible honor that a northeastern Pennsylvania based mid-sized paper company regional salesman can attain.
1: How, oh, how that's do you- from Jim's Talking Head. Yes. But, like, how did he memorize that?
0: But how did he get it all in like one sentence? That is not easy. That is not easy. All right, applause, John. Well done, John Krasinski. Jim, tongue twister. Okay, where are we at? Well, speaking of Jim,
1: we are finally in the kitchen with Jim and Pam, and they are finally bantering again like old times.
0: They're flirting.
1: Oh, they're so cute. Nice little back and forth. There's been this drought. They've been a bit estranged, and it looks like things are going to thaw until Phyllis comes out of the bathroom and asks Pam about her wedding dress. So awkward. And Jim makes kind of a quick exit. At 2 minutes 40 seconds, there's a shot of Jim's coffee mug, and it says, quote, together we build a better Scranton, restoring the pride And Dunderpedia pointed out that this was the motto of a downtown Scranton revitalization project. And you will see Jim use this mug throughout the entire episode.
0: Way to go. That's Phil Shea putting some
1: local props in play. But
0: also good catches there. Yeah,
1: local pizza place, local Mm -hmm. mug. So now we go to Pam's talking head, and she says, listen, I just, I have to do my wedding planning at the office. You know, but it can get weird sometimes, and... She's worried about people getting offended, like
0: Angela. Look what I wrote on my card. (laughs) What? Leave me out of it. Leave me me out of it. This has nothing to do with me (sighs) and your scandalous emotional affair you're having. Leave me out of it. All
1: right. So now Dwight is feeding himself grapes at his desk, and Michael enters and says... That's what she said, because grape's seductive. Ugh. And he asked Dwight if he's ready for his big speech.
0: Well, I have real beef with Michael on this episode. Talk to me about it. He does not want Dwight to succeed. He doesn't. He is flat out mean to him. He's psyching him out. Yeah. He's negative. He's putting him down the whole episode. So um, Angela, the Angela Martin in me is like, you are not being nice. No. No. Then
1: Jim goes on to sabotage Dwight. Like, why Why is everyone coming down on Dwight? Well. Is it because he's a little bit rubbing it in everyone's face?
0: I think Jim had motivation because Dwight's rubbing it in his face. That's fine. They have that back and forth. But Dwight just adores Michael. Yeah. And hangs on his every word and isn't rubbing it in his face. Michael is just. I think jealous that someone else has the spotlight. He's like a little bratty kid. He also puts himself in this position of
1: expert. So he's got this talking head now where he explains that he won salesman of the year twice before consecutively.
0: I know. Twice in a
1: row. But one year he got a plaque. The other year he just got a certificate. Well, they stopped making plaques. Right. So
0: (laughs) can we talk about where this talking head takes place? In his cabinet. Inside his like man armoire.
1: Yes. In his office. Did yes, at look- four minutes one second, you get a really good shot of it.
0: Did you look and see what all's inside? You know I did. You know you did. Okay, let's let's trade. Some Break stuff. it down. Is that Jan on the cover of the Dunder Mifflin newsletter? Yeah.
1: Did you see that her name is still listed as Gould? Oh. So how long has that been there?
0: He saved it for. It's a bit. pre-Gould. Okay, he's got a mirror. He's got a mini fridge. But on the top shelf of his mini fridge is a fancy silver tea set?
1: Yeah. It's not a mini fridge. That's a safe. That's a safe. He has a safe that he has gotten his plaque and certificate out of. And then the top shelf of the safe, there is a tea set. <laughs> this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I mean, kind of.
0: It's still like, strange. I was like, why is he refrigerating? Why is this? he chilling the whole tea set? Yeah, Like, why is this? And then also, why has he chosen to chill a plaque? But they hung two other plaques. They're not worthy of the mini fridge safe. (laughs)
1: Well, he also has Pepto-Bismol deodorant, toothbrush and toothpaste, and a can of something.
0: A can of something. And then what are those two squares? What? Like a couple of items like wrapped in mesh? It looked like With some twine? It It looked like it. We don't know. We don't know. It It was weird. He had a change of clothes, a dundee. Yep. Two mounted plaques. It looked like maybe a silver shot glass and a blue cup.
1: Huh? Yeah. There you go. Michael's credenza. Uh,
0: mini <laughs> fridge.
1: Which is a safe.
0: <laughs> I really need to start watching these episodes with my glasses on. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> Look at that mini fridge. It's a safe, Angela.
1: Guys, at four minutes, 23 seconds, Dwight has this great talking head where he talks about losing his sixth grade spelling bee for not being able to spell the word failure. That was an improvisation. Was Rain it? improvised that part of it, well, where the, that the word was failure.
0: That is fantastic, Rain. That's good. I, I think you can really start hearing that he's sick and that talking head. And uh-huh. then later in the conference room scenes, I really heard it.
1: Okay, so you know the scene in Michael's office where he's telling Dwight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mentor you. I can teach you enough so you don't embarrass yourself during this speech. If you look in the background over Rain's shoulder, and you can see reception in the background, and it's me and Kate. And we're back there. And here is something that's very interesting. Whenever I did background work with Kate, we stayed in character the whole time. You can see us crouching over Pam's computer. And we did a whole runner about our frustration with the new computer system That won't allow us to enter both alpha and numeric codes into the sales orders and that it was a huge problem. And I wrote about it in my diary, and I said that we stayed in character the entire two hours that they shot in Michael's office.
0: By the way, that's the smartest Meredith was written in the whole series.
1: (laughs) Was in our background improvisations.
0: That's the most competent Meredith has ever sounded. They were the most fun to me.
1: Uh, we always had the best time, Kate and I, because we would come up with these. It was always something we were annoyed with. It was mm-hmm. always some new office procedure. Mm-hmm. And we would kind of kind of complain about it and try to figure it out.
0: Yeah. Oscar and I would do bits like that. We would totally stay in character. But what we were talking about would be absolutely ridiculous. Like, he would very, like, seriously, like, pass me, like, papers, important, like, payroll papers. But he would have attached a Post-it note that would say, will you please file these in your butt? (laughs) (laughs) And then he would draw, like, a little cartoon with it. And it always, like, cracked me up.
1: Well, I just thought it was really sweet because I, you know, we go back to our diaries and we read what we wrote. And I had written all about how much fun I had on this episode filming with Kate in the background of that scene. That's so cute. I love that. Yeah, I know. All right. So next we cut to Pam's desk and she is on the phone with her mom and she says, mom, I don't. I know you guys are paying for the wedding, but I don't want orange invitations.
0: Orange invitations. Orange invitation, Pam's mom. I mean, you know I've had some frustrations with Pam's mom. <laughs> I mean, what is happening? Add are that you getting, to
1: the list.
0: Where are you getting married? Orange.
1: I know. Orange? Not, I mean, crazy. Pam, you know, her wedding color is lavender, but, by the way. It's y- not orange. I wrote that in my diary. That's not even revealed in this episode. Pam's wedding color. I wrote it down in my journal. And I was curious if that was true or if it was a character choice. And I went and I looked at the wedding photos and all my bridesmaids are in lavender. Yeah, no, that, yeah. And when I think about it, I think I have a memory of Phil Shea giving me something that had lavender on it, like the save the date card had a little lavender ribbon or something. And so I, it was picked for me. I didn't pick it. But it was in your brain. It was in my brain.
0: Well, you know, poor Jim overhears this and he's like, that's it. I'm out. Call in a travel agent.
1: I'm going on a trip.
0: This sort of dates our show a little bit too, because I know travel agents are still out there, but a lot of people now just go online.
1: Yeah. Although I did use a travel agent recently for a trip and it was very helpful.
0: I did too. I did too when I went to Europe, but I did, you know, we did a lot of it just online.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Well, now you can compare airline prices online. Yes. Using Expedia or Orbitz, not getting paid to say that. Not getting paid. So now we're going to really clock into this thermostat war. It seems to mainly be between Angela and Oscar. Oscar says that he purposely gets to work early to set the thermostat at 66 degrees. What a
0: sneaky sneak.
1: 66. 66.
0: Um, I just need everyone to clock a little bit of my Angela Martin look, because this yeah. is the first time you see me kind of nice and close up. Do I look tan? Because I'm tan. Are you still tan? I'm still tan. (laughs) This mystic tan that lasted like three weeks. You guys, I'm so tan in this episode. Also, Kim Ferry outdid herself with this really intricate braid. That's all my actual hair. Look at the back. It's like a bun, but it's like a braid that goes like zigzags back and forth. So she's really, she really went for it. In the cold open, I have a different outfit on, different hair. Different look, different Different day, different day. But in the main episode of Dwight's speech, I'm incredibly tan, and I have this fantastic Kim Ferry braid.
1: Well, we had a fan question from David Hurtweck. What was the actual temperature in the office area when we were filming? Freezing. Probably like— 65. Six, I was going to say 64, 65 degrees. yeah. It was very, very cold. We kept it very, very cold, mostly for Steve, who runs
0: hot, and he would have to
1: wear the suits.
0: And, and I mean, all the guys, actually, yeah. were always in suits. And the lights do, like, warm up the stage, but they cranked the air down so the guys wouldn't get sweaty in their suits, but the gals were in these little silk blouses And skirts, and we all froze.
1: Yeah. So I would wear Ugg
0: boots under my desk. We all had little heaters. I sometimes even had a blanket over my legs. I had a blanket and a heater, and I would like sit at my desk, like huddled under my desk, trying to stay warm.
1: All right. So now we move into the conference room, and Michael is ready to start giving Dwight some speech training. Yes. He says, What is the difference between a salesman and a saleswoman? Vagina. Vagina. And Michael is like, Oh, yes congratulations Dwight that's the difference between a man and a woman
0: I love Dwight goes but I'm right yeah but I'm right right (laughs) but then Michael says no the difference is boobs that's what he wants him to (laughs) open his speech with it makes you wonder how Michael's speech went those two years how it really went how it really went yeah yeah because yeah. Dwight
1: says, can I just have a copy of your speech? And Michael's like, no, no, they'd remember. Yeah. It's it's legendary. I couldn't yeah. possibly let you read parts of my
0: speech. It killed. It killed. And then Michael gives Dwight some advice. He's like, it doesn't really matter what you say as long as people care about what you're saying. Uh-huh. And he's going to show him an example of that.
1: Yes, please. Tell us the example.
0: Okay. Well, he runs out into the bullpen and he says that You know, they had done so well this quarter that corporate is going to give everyone a $1,000 bonus. Everyone. Everyone. I mean, people are thrilled.
1: It's so excited. Stanley gets right on the phone and tells his wife to order the new curtains. The
0: wallpaper. Oh, it's
1: wallpaper. Yes.
0: Yeah. He's like, go ahead. Wallpaper the ceiling if you want to. (laughs) Oh, amazing.
1: (laughs) So they go back into the conference room and Dwight's like, oh my God, that's amazing. And Michael's like, what? It's not true. I was just talking, but in that moment, I had him. I had him. I had him. Oh, my God. So Dwight tries it. Dwight goes out into the bullpen. This is so funny. This scene made me laugh so hard. So hard. It made me laugh on the day. I remember shooting this. The thing that made me laugh on the day is Kelly's line, but I'll get to that. Yeah,
0: you mean just Mindy.
1: <laughs> Mindy. <laughs> we still have full Mindy. Uh Dwight announces that there has been a major car accident on the interstate. Major. Mm-hmm.
0: Car slid off the road into the railing. People were injured. Terrible. And Pam says, "Did we know anyone in the accident?"
1: And he says, "Brad Pitt." <laughs> Brad Pitt. And Mindy asks, "Did he die?" And he's like, He'll never act again. No, but he'll never act again.
0: And then he goes, oh, also there's no bonuses. And the branch is closing. And then she's like, this is because of Jen Aniston. It's karma. And we're like, wait. And we're like, are we out of jobs? Like, what is happening? Insane. I remember that. I remember shooting on that day.
1: That was a really hard one to get through. And it was a complete joy to watch. All right, so Michael says, everybody go in the conference room. Just go in the conference room. He's going to teach everyone how to give a speech. Pam says, Pam has this line, like Toastmasters. And Michael says, Pam, I'm public speaking. Stop public interrupting me. I don't think that's a GIF, but it should be. I did a search to see if there is a GIF of someone, of Michael saying, I'm public speaking. Stop public interrupting me.
0: Am I wrong? Am I wrong? There's also deleted scene please, you guys, if you have a chance, Phyllis stands up in the conference room and sort of shares. And it is absolutely amazing. What does delicious. she share? I remember she had a hard time getting through it because we were cracking it? up. She starts, it's, she. you know, Michael wants everyone to get up and sort of say a toast. Yeah. Phyllis gets up and she's like, well, you know, um, I'm having one of the best years of my life. I'm- I'm in a relationship. I've met a nice person. And I really thought that that part of my life was over for me, that that wasn't going to happen. And I'm not going to lie. I've had some really dark thoughts. And she goes down this road. And Michael's like, and really, really just brings the room totally down, (laughs) but really earnest. And Michael's like, oh, okay. All right. Just sit down. Well,
1: Jim gets up in the conference room and announces he's going on a trip, and he would like some suggestions on where to go. So Kevin suggests he go to hedonism. He says it's like Club Med, but everything is naked.
0: I did not Google that. I, I didn't want to know. Did I you? I did. Oh, my God.
1: I did. <laughs> you did? I did. It's is a, it a real thing? It is a real resort in Jamaica.
0: And everyone's naked?
1: Yep. That, well, Okay. Their website describes it as, quote, a lifestyle-friendly clothing-optional resort. Also described as the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or wild as you like.
0: What does that mean?
1: Okay, so here's the deal. I really looked into it. So there are clothing-optional sections of the resort, and then there are nude sections.
0: So, like, you could be going down the buffet... That you cannot do. Pancakes, scrambled eggs.
1: No, for health reasons, you must wear a cover up in the lobby and around food.
0: Well, thank you for that.
1: But if you're in the nude pool or the nude beach, you have to be nude. But if you're in the clothing optional part, you can wear sort of the suggestion is like, you know, go sexy. You wear a little something. But here was one thing I found interesting. If you enter a nude area, You've got a 10-minute grace period to disrobe.
0: And they're like... Then you got to get out. You're not here to look-see, look-see. That's right. We're going to give you 10 minutes to
1: take off your stuff, but there's more. You thought there wasn't, but there is. No,
0: I actually figured you had something else coming. I'm cringing. I'm waiting. (laughs) They
1: have a playroom. Oh, God. For couples, single women and invited single men. Oh, Lord. It's open from 10.30 p.m. to 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. You go wrestle with your friends. I don't know. Most people who stay at the resorts are couples, but they do have single-person rates available. A few more facts. There is no tipping allowed. Who are you tipping? Uh, Your wait staff, but it's all-inclusive. Oh, So, I mean, I think that that is an important thing to know because where would you put the money? You're naked. You're naked. So don't don't let it stress you out. There's no tipping allowed. Yeah. Don't worry about where you're carrying the extra cash. Yeah. Not a problem. One of the frequently asked questions is, are there irons and ironing boards? For what? I don't know, but the answer is yes. So yes, they they do have irons and ironing boards. So Also, you can renew your vows there. Okay. All right. Toby suggests that Jim go to Amsterdam. He -hmm. says he went there after his divorce for a week or maybe a month. He can't remember. Toby
0: Creed says he should go to Hong Kong. Creed also calls John Jimmy, and I feel like you can see John (laughs) about to break. He's like, Jimmy! And I swear, John has this, like, he's kind of got this side smile.
1: Well, at 9 minutes 29 seconds, Creed has a talking head. For anyone wondering, uh, Creed is speaking Mandarin. Yeah. And he says, hello, my Chinese friends. That's Um, what he's saying in Mandarin. I reached out to Creed. Yeah? Because we had a fan question from KKPL Watson. He said, at various times, Creed has spoken Japanese and Chinese on the show. Does he really speak either? So I texted Creed.
0: Oh, I can't wait. What was his response?
1: Here's what he said. Did he say, who are you? No. (laughs) But again, I wasn't sure. He said... When I was in Germany in 1964, I conversed in a rudimentary fashion because I'd studied a year in college. But he said he hasn't used it since. He says he does not speak Japanese or Mandarin or Cantonese, which is actually the language they speak in Hong Kong, mostly, not Mandarin. But uh, he said, I do have a made-up language. That I've been trying to get accepted. That I believe. But he's been meeting resistance, and he used it during his stint as manager for that week at Dunder Mifflin.
0: Oh, my God. This is Creed, guys. That's Creed. This is Creed. Well, folks, you know I have a lot of family in Texas, and I just want you to know... If you travel to Texas, there are vast landscapes, cultures, regions, destinations, activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. You can have fun in the sun. Texas has 350 miles of coastline. That's right. Or if you like more of a rugged vacation, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, and the food. Can we talk about the food? Tex-Mex. And barbecue. There's live music, art museums, cowboy experiences. Come on. Right now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-the-kind online
1: trip builder that allows users to generate a custom visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. So you go in there and you click your interests, and it'll say, here's where you want to go in Texas.
0: Mm-hmm. Visit TravelTexas.com slash own to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash office ladies. Just go to Indeed.com slash office right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash office ladies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. At 9 minutes, 57 seconds, my character smiles. This oh. doesn't happen very often. And Jenna, I did one of our little dorky actuary things where I gave myself a backstory. For this little smile? For this little moment. So it wasn't scripted. But in the conference room, Dwight is going to now do his speech for us. He has his note cards, right? Yeah. And I just sort of gave myself this backstory that he had probably practiced this in front of me, mm-hmm. that we had worked on it together. And so I just really beam as he gets up there and I look around to make sure is everyone watching? Because I'm really proud of him. Yeah. So I just had this little thing I gave myself, I didn't tell anyone, but Randall and Matt are camera operators. Uh-huh. They caught it. And and it made it in. Oh. And they would often do that. Randall and Matt would sort of catch these little moments that we did in the background that weren't part of the script. and And they were so great about sort of finding those moments and making sure that everyone saw them.
1: I just like that all of us all the time, we were so invested in our characters and how our character would react to a moment or to a story that even if we hadn't been directed or didn't think the camera was on us... We would stay in our characters and react in the moment. Yeah. And that's an example of one of those that made it in.
0: Yeah. And I remember Matt saying, Ange, I see what you're doing. I'm going to clock it. I caught it.
1: That was always so fun when they would notice our little choices. Yeah. Aw. I love that. Yeah. Well, then we go to Jim and Dwight's desks, Angela, and Dwight is talking all about the he's going to go to New Zealand I don't know. He tells Jim he should go to New Zealand and walk the Lord of the Rings trail. Okay, I did not understand any of that. Did you understand that? Of course
0: I did. So Jim— You knew what all that stuff meant? I knew what all of it meant, Jenna. But Jim is like, Dwight, where would you—if you could go anywhere. And Dwight was like, I can go anywhere, and I will. Yeah. (laughs) But one of the places he would like to go is New Zealand because he wants to walk the Lord of the Rings trail to Modor.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I don't know what that is. Is that a place? Modor. Modor is a castle?
0: It's a place. Is it
1: a castle or is it like something hidden under a rock in the ground? It's a place. Is it a village?
0: Mordor is where Sauron is.
1: Yeah. So where sorry, what is? Sauron? Sauron.
0: The Sauron? Eye of Sauron.
1: Is that a thing or a person?
0: I don't know how to describe it. It's pure how evil. How can you not describe? How do you describe the Eye of Sauron? It's like it's like a it's like a Why like would an you evil wanna, spirit. But it's not a person. Sam how do I explain Eye of Sauron? I think it was. It was. A it was a person. person, and he's gaining his power yeah. back. and then if he gets be, the ring, then he can be a person then again. Then he can be fully complete, and he yeah. will reign pure hell all over the land. Um,
1: so your. Difficulty in explaining it to me is why I don't like to watch it. Well, I'm not. Because it's like. I don't. I'm not. Convoluted.
0: I'm not as versed in Lord of the Rings. Okay. All right. But I do know that the Trail to Modor. And, why would you want to go there? Why are people trying to go to Modor or not trying to go? You to don't want to go there. Why? So why does I Dwight mean there's like lava there. fields and all this kind of craziness. Um, and then hike Mount Doom. I think Dwight is like a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He basically wants to be one of the Lord of the Rings. He wants to be on this journey and adventure. Let me ask you this. But it's filmed in New Zealand and it's gorgeous. So I would love to go.
1: Is, are they the Lords of the Rings because it's their job to keep the rings from the eye of Swarzen?
0: Oh, good God.
1: Or because they you... want to get the ring to him no. so he turns into a regular person again?
0: No. First of all, are you trying to say it wrong? No,
1: I don't. Swarzen?
0: Swarden. Swarzen. Swarzen. This is like Carl all over again. <laughs> uh,. Okay, moving on. Moving on. 11 minutes, three seconds. Jim does a prank on Dwight. Yeah. Without Pam. Yeah. This is one of the first in a while. Normally, they do pranks together. This is a good prank. They're in cahoots. Yeah. This is a Jim solo prank. Yeah. He's he's like had it with Dwight sort of shoving this in his face that he's like going to be like the salesman of the year. And Jim decides, you know what? I'll give you advice. I was a speech major in college, which is totally not true. Not true. Not true. And he's like, you've got to wave your arms and pound your fist. And he gives him a copy of Mussolini's speech.
1: Yes. He says, here are some here are some things that might help you in your speech. I'm going to help you out.
0: I found on Reddit, there's an office fan on Reddit. And the person's sign is the underscore fungible underscore man. Okay. Um, and he said... He looked it up, and it's paraphrased from a speech Mussolini gave in Parma on December 13, 1914, advocating for Italy to enter into World War I against Germany. Wow. Blood alone moves the wheels of history.
1: Now, I think there are some other famous dictators quotes peppered in there, as well. It is. It, it but seems it is like mostly, it's mostly hodgepodge. Mostly a Mussolini, bit. I believe. Yeah. Well, when Dwight leaves with Michael, Angela shouts, The very best of luck to you, Dwight. <laughs> I know. Well, at 12 minutes, when it pans back to Angela at accounting, Oscar has his coat over his shoulders like he's cold and Kevin is blowing on his hands. But remember, wasn't it Oscar who says he likes the cold? It so, why was. is he
0: pretending to be cool? I don't now? know because also Kevin has a talking head that says he goes and puts it to 69. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. All right. So, we move into the conference room and we have Pam, Kelly, and Ryan sitting, addressing Pam, save the date cards. So, here's what we find out her wedding is going to be June 10th. Mm-hmm. We already knew that from the Booze Cruise, and the reception is going to be at the VA. Yeah, Pam says it's nicer than you think. Yeah. And we find out she is inviting Jim. Yeah.
0: And they're all like, what? There is a great deleted scene. And it is really the beginning of what I like to call Ryan sass that's Mm going to really kick into effect later in this episode. Mm -hmm. There's a deleted scene where right before you go into the conference room to assemble your invites, you're at front reception. And Ryan comes in and you're like, Oh, did you get my stamps? And he's like, yeah. And he hands them to you. And you're like, I wanted the love stamps. You know, the love stamps. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I I didn't, I don't know. I didn't find them. I just got you the regular ones. And you're like, oh. And then he's like, does it matter? And you're like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. And he goes, I didn't think so. (gasps) Ryan Ryan Sass. Sass. I know.
1: Wow. All right, so next, Dwight and Michael arrive at the convention center. You guys, it's
0: huge. It's insane. It's full of people. It's an enormous convention Way room. bigger than Michael remembers. Right? And what is playing as they walk through? It's... Y'all ready for this? Yeah, Remember play it. Talk? Play it. Play it, Sam.
1: Y'all ready for this? Okay. We're also watching the music video. We're watching the music it's video. It's a lot of
0: keyboard. It's by Two Unlimited that's the band, and it, it, I have to say that song kind of pumps you up. Super catchy. They play it at a lot of sporting events. They do, or salesman of the year
1: in Scranton, Pennsylvania. In Scranton, that's right. So, I mean, Dwight kind of starts panicking. He is. He's, he's having like, a minor panic. He's having
0: a minor panic attack, and Angela back in the office is pretending to be <gasps> sick. I know she's coughing and sniffling. All of
1: a sudden, she says she she's feeling under the weather. She needs to go home. Yeah,
0: and by the way, still very tan
1: in <laughs> the shot. Not pale, not pale at all. So they call Dwight's name, and he he chokes. He, he chokes. He can't go up. He's so Michael out. runs up on stage, and we'll bleep this out. This is what I wrote in my note. He the bed. Yeah. He really does. So during all of this, of course, I'm trying to look for the dummies that Kent told me about. I'm like, (laughs) where are the dummies? I did not notice any dummies. However, at 14 minutes, 19 seconds, there is a shot of the audience and it is, I don't know how to describe it. It's like flipped. It's like, it's a mirror image. If you look at the name tags in every other shot, they're on the right side of everyone's shirts. But in this shot, they're suddenly on the left side And the names are written backwards. (gasps) What is happening? What is happening? What? We also had a fan question. Two people asked this. Luke Maslow and Scoot Venenmeyer both asked how much of Michael's speech was improvised. I believe he did improvise quite a bit. However, I have a very strong memory. You know that part when he does Michael Winslow and he does all the different like... Mm -hmm. Um this sounds. is a car starting. Yeah, Michael Winslow was this famous actor from the Police Academy movies who could do all of these truly incredible sound effects. Yeah. That sounded super real. And so Michael's trying to do his best Michael Winslow impression. I remember from the table read that that killed. So I feel like that was at least in that was scripted. You were you there for when Steve was doing his portion? At all, Angela. Like, do you have a memory?
0: I was waiting to go on. Okay. So I was there. And some takes they would have they just had me there just in case. And I remember that the audience, the the extras, the 400 extras, kept getting tickled uh-huh. at Steve. Uh-huh. And they had to tell them, you can't laugh. Oh, you yes. You can't laugh. You can't react. Really? You have to hate this. You speech. have to hate it. You ha- it has to be crickets. So I do remember that. Oh,
1: that's very interesting. Well, finally, Dwight runs up on stage,
0: right? Yeah, he gets his courage.
1: He gets out his speech. He starts uh, pounding his fists. Mm-hmm. And we had a few fan questions. Mary Kay Jones and Sarah Hyland asked, How many times did it take for Rain to get through that speech? So I asked Rain, and he said they, he thinks he did it about four or five times. Kent told me that on the first take, the background went absolutely wild. Yeah. Like hooting and hollering. And it it was
0: like— The extras, guys. The 400 people sitting there.
1: Yes. And that they— Kent said it was kind of phenomenal. Like, it was this amazing moment. But the problem was— that Greg and Charles McDougall really wanted a buildup of the crowd reaction. They did. That the crowd was kind of too instantly with Dwight. So they, they
0: wanted it for the audience to be unsure whether Dwight was going to be a hit or not. Yes. How is everyone taking this in?
1: So Kent said the first take was pretty unusable. Rain said that he remembers at one point he went off script and he improvised but then he was directed not to do that again, that they really wanted him to stick to the script. And we had a fan question from Kayla Ardent. Did Rain actually have the speech written on that paper? And Rain said, yes. He said he did because he thought his character would. Angela, we've talked about That you were there, and here's why. Because you're taping the speech in the
0: background. I'm filming it for him. With your little hat on. I'm filming it. So so Dwight's speech starts to catch on, and Michael can't take it. Yeah. Michael's like, oh, my God, they like him. He clearly can't handle Dwight having a moment of success. Mm -mm. He leaves, and as he leaves, he walks past my character, kind of hidden in the crowd, filming Dwight. And I'm wearing a hat. So you know how there was a big conversation about your hair in Valentine's? Yeah. Well, Wardrobe and I had a huge conversation about this hat because it was very camera specific. I had to look like I was being incognito, but you had to be able to see my face.
1: So was it written in the script that you're wearing a hat and then wardrobe had to come up with hat choices? Yes.
0: Yeah. So we had about like, I don't know, five or six hat choices (laughs) that I had to try on and they took pictures of me in the hat and they showed them to, (laughs) you know, everybody involved. And then, and then also like on the day I had that hat and I think one other hat and that one showed my face better. Okay. So they went with that one. It didn't have too big of a rim. So that's the hat that we went with. I love that little touch that she's gone to record. Her fella's speech. Me too. She's so proud of them.
1: You know, they're sort of meant to be the kind of funny relationship, but they have a really good relationship. Mm -hmm. They're supportive of one another. They clearly care about one another. It's moments like this that make it so that it's not just a joke. It's no. not just a joke relationship. These are the moments that ground it and make it real.
0: Listen, Dwight and Angela make perfect sense to me. Yes. They really do. Just like Jim and Pam made sense to, to me when I read that relationship. And um, obviously, they're going to go through some some hills and valleys, but they are meant to be together.
1: I like how Jim's advice ends up being kind of helpful.
0: Well, Jim actually says something to Dwight. He's like, just stay true to yourself. Yeah. And that's actually really good advice.
1: This is who you are. Yeah. You know, you're an authoritarian. Yeah. This is how you're going to be most authentic.
0: Yeah. And he kills it. He kills it. We have to go back to the office because there's some Ryan Sass happening. Oh, yeah.
1: Back in the conference room. Back
0: in the conference room, they're doing Pam's wedding invites. And Kelly says she wants a June wedding. And she asks Ryan, would he like a June wedding? (gasps) And he's like, yeah, I'm never getting married. Not really doing it. And she leaves the room. And then Pam is like, You know she likes you. You could be a little bit more sensitive. And he looks at you and he's like, I know what I said. (gasps) I know.
1: Sass. I know. He's like, no, I know what I did. Ryan Sass. Yeah. Ryan Sass. This is also when Oscar tells Jim that his timeshare in Key West might be available. (laughs) But then Ryan says... I don't think Jim will ever really take a trip.
0: Well, wait, wait, there's this is my third Ryan Sass card. At 17 minutes, 34 seconds, he says, you really think you're going to go? Send me a postcard. What is happening? I don't know. Ryan is being such a you-know-what.
1: He really is. A lot of fans wrote in and asked if Jim ever takes the trip. Now, Paul Lieberstein, who wrote this episode, he did an interview once where he said, yeah, I think Jim did eventually take that trip, but he moved the trip. So, he, well, I guess we'll get to that later.
0: I I sort of felt like he never took the trip because he he just ends up transferring jobs. Yeah. And that's how he gets away.
1: Yeah. Um, But— I think he never took the trip. I think Ryan's right. I I mean, I I, don't. I don't think he ever goes. No, I don't think so either. I guess he lost all that money. For the plane ticket. Yeah. All right. So back at the convention, you know, Dwight's speech, we said it's really starting to kill. And Michael leaves. He goes to the bar. Yeah, he can't take it. He can't take that Dwight is doing so well. I bet probably people never reacted like that to Michael's speech. Like, people were not, like, hooting and hollering. No. Yeah. So, Michael, he's sitting at the bar. Eventually, Dwight comes out, and he
0: finds him, and he starts telling him a story about some woman who sat there who didn't have her ID. and and But Dwight's so into it. Dwight immediately clicks into Michael's story. Yeah.
1: And Michael has this quote where he says, listen, I captivated the guy who captivated a thousand guys. So, like, who's the winner today? Who's the winner? Okay, so, Ange, I had a fan question from Madeline Ethington. Okay. this I, I've never loved male more than this male. Okay, Madeline, wow. Madeline wrote and said, I have been waiting for this episode to ask this question. What is
0: it, Madeline?
1: At 20 minutes and 25 seconds, when Michael and Dwight are sitting at the bar, you can see a man in the background dressed like a wizard. <laughs> Why is he there? Why? Was it planned? Was it an accident? And then she just wrote again, who is that wizard? I know the answer to this. I do too. But I I, I didn't know. I went, I was like, this is the strangest question. I went to 20 minutes, 25 seconds, and I laughed out loud. Can we see it? Full
0: head-to-toe wizard. Well... I took a picture. You have to show me. I, I know why, but I know why because I watched the deleted scenes. Oh, I know why
1: because I asked Kent Sabornak and Paul Lieberstein, why is there a man dressed as a wizard in the background? Okay. So you tell me what you found out, and I'll tell you what I found out. In Here the, he is, Angela. Yeah. He's got a name tag on.
0: Okay. Well... Obviously, I don't know Kent and Paul's answer, but I watched the deleted scenes, and there is an extended scene of them walking through the um, hotel where the convention centers are. Okay. And they go up to the very first one they see, and they walk in, and it's the wrong one. Oh. And it's it's a, like a just some random convention. And then they go into a second room, and it's like all of these um, cosplay people who are dressed like characters from things. Oh. And Dwight's like, oh, I wish I, oh, I wanted to go to this. It has like a whole name. Damn it, I'm forgetting the name. But Dwight was like, I would have gone. And then he's like, I really hope I see the, the gal from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, my god,
1: She's so hot. Okay, this must have been improvised because Kent told me that their location agreement with the Sheridan allowed them to shoot basically anywhere on the property— But the only room they were allowed to shut down and control was that ballroom. Yeah. And otherwise, they just had those signs up that said, if you walk in this area, you might be filmed for a TV show. And by walking in this area, you give permission to be on the TV show. I don't know if you guys outside of L.A., you see these signs a lot around town. Like you go to a restaurant and there's like a sign and you're like, oh, they're filming on the street and i'm going to be in the background getting my coffee i guess so they had these signs up and he said that they just had to allow public access while they were rolling and there was an
0: anime expo in one of the other ballrooms yes so with people dressed up so i guess i guess then rain and steve improvised this whole thing that it was like a cosplay convention they must have and rain was really really bummed cuz well dwight was really bummed cuz he had wanted to go to it and, and and supposedly, there was a Battlestar Galactica cast member that was going to be there, and he was, like, really excited. Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, both Kent and Paul said a version of the same thing, which was they really tried to avoid getting the dressed-up people in the shots, but this one wizard managed to get on camera.
0: And maybe they had to film that little improv to justify it if they did like too many of them showed up at one time. Yeah, that's amazing. The hotel in the show is supposedly the Radisson Lackawanna Station Hotel. Okay. I have stayed there. Oh, we stayed there for the convention. There was an office convention in 2007, mm-hmm. and that's where the whole cast stayed. And it's a lovely hotel. It used to be a train station. Yeah. And like 1908, it was a train station, and they have, you know, fixed it up and made it into this hotel. And it's really nice. So if you're in Scranton, I recommend the Radisson Lackawanna Station Hotel.
1: Well, when the finale happened, Mm -hmm. a bunch of us went to Scranton for a big parade, and we stayed there as well. So I've also stayed there, and I concur. It's a great hotel. Great hotel. Super charming.
0: Super charming. So now Dwight and Michael are sort of having this great moment at the bar. They're laughing, and it's all wrapping up. But guess who's the last person to touch the thermostat back in the office? Who? Creed. Why did I miss that? Creed goes over there and adjusts the thermostat. He's the last one.
1: I missed that. Well, at the very end of this episode, Jim is passing by Pam's desk. And uh, Pam says, oh, I've always wanted to go to Australia. And he says, well, I'm going. I bought a non-refundable ticket. And this is when he tells us he bought his ticket for June 8th.
0: Oh, the look on Pam's face. Her wedding
1: is June
0: 10th. I mean, this is so telling. I mean, Pam, if Pam had any doubts at all that this was hard on him, she can't deny it anymore.
1: Yeah, he's leaving.
0: He has basically said to her, I'm sorry, but I cannot be there when you marry someone else. I can't be there.
1: In fact, I have to be on basically the farthest spot on the earth from your wedding. Yeah. I'm going to go halfway around the world. Yeah. To get away from your wedding.
0: I mean, I just, it just gutted me. And I just, I just wanted to shake Pam and be like, if you don't know now, then you'll never know. He loves you. But I think it's more than that. I think what's
1: happening is Jim is saying, I'm not sure how to even be your friend now that you're getting married. Like. I know we're best friends at the office, but But I'm not going to come to your wedding. And when you're married, I'm not going to hang with you. He's,
0: you know. I think what he's finally admitting is they're they're not best friends. Yeah, they can't. How can they be? They've crossed this line. They've had that moment on Booze Cruise. They've had these moments now, and the line has been crossed. Yeah. And now they're in this uncharted territory of like, what do we do now? What's
1: next week's episode? Take Your Daughter to Work Day, I think. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is when, you guys, I was wrong. Okay? I used the shredder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So I'll get the time code for that so I can really lay into myself. Yeah, Take Your Daughter to Work Day is coming up next week.
0: All right, you guys, that was Dwight's speech. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is
1: produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our producer is Cody Fisher. Our
0: sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton.
1: For ad-free versions of the show and our bonus episodes, Candy Bag, go to stitcherpremium.com.
0: For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So,
0: no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up. And it can start to affect us.
1: Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies
0: today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot OfficeLadies.